Welcome back to the Fried Egg Podcast and this year's U.S. Open Week coverage. A great week of golf is in store from Shinnecock Hills, and I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor for this year's coverage, Greater Than Sports Drink. Greater Than is a natural and healthy alternative to the traditional sports drink. It contains no added sugars and two times the electrolytes compared to major brands. It comes in three great tasting flavors and gives you a hydration advantage on the course. It's essentially the backstopping of sports drinks. Buy greater than at drinkgt.com and use the promo code THEFRIEDEGG with no spaces for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's THEFRIEDEGG for 20% off your first purchase. If you want the easiest way to get greater than, sign up for their monthly subscription service. It saves you 15% off retail prices, and for this week only, you will get a free fried egg hat with your subscription. I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. With U.S. Open Week here, I am joined by our resident fantasy golf betting and picks ex- expert, Polly. Polly, welcome on. Hey, what's up, Andy? Not much, just getting primed for a big week. What about you? No, this is definitely one of my uh, more favorite weeks of the year, so I'm uh, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a should be an interesting week. I'm uh, I think it's it'll be a fun U.S. Open. Obviously, uh, a lot of attention on the course, lots of attention on uh, Tiger and and DJ. What what have you been seeing the last uh, couple weeks leading up to this? What are you looking out for? Uh, it's just nice to see the fact that we have so many players in golf right now that are not necessarily firing at all cylinders, but but playing well coming into the major to where. We have 15 or 20 guys that I think have a legitimate ch- chance at winning this week. Yeah, I, I agree in the sense of I think once you hit about 20 in the world rankings, that's when the you know the chance of winning. I think we're going to see a premier player win this week. I don't think we're going to see a surprise uh, winner in the sense of a uh, you know you're gonna it's gonna be a pedigreed guy um one of the most talented players on tour will win this week is my guess yeah i, I would echo that sentiment as well having checked out the golf course i think it, it it just is it's such a good overall test of players games i think you got to do everything well i think that's the case with most us open venues but more so at uh at shinnecock where You've got elements that can possibly come into play with the wind um, and being such an exposed site. I think you'll see a little bit of the Augusta National effect where approach play is going to be really important because we there's a you know good movement in the fairways, so you're going to see a lot of you know uneven lies, and you couple that with wind uphill, downhill, and side hill lies, and and repelling greens, and all of a sudden that approach play is going to be really important and. And the elite players in that category are going to separate themselves and uh, 
Then I think also, you know, with the with the changes, I think from 2004, one of the biggest things is going to be the green surround. So the ball, is, you know, they have short grass everywhere out there and the ball will tumble away. You know, the margin for error will be small. So, you know, you could see a shot that just trickles off the green and ends up rolling 30, 40 yards away on, on some in some cases, a um, little bit wider fairways. So driving uh i think it gives everybody a chance it's not going to take the driver out of play so if one of those big hitters gets hot with the driver they could have a really big advantage in the sense of you know they can hit driver everywhere and really shorten the golf course but at the same token the shorter hitters can you know compete because they have the ability to, to play to angles and use their accuracy because you know it's not that traditional really narrow us open set up where everybody misses fairways. Yeah, I would agree with most of those sentiments as well. I mean, what I'm looking at for this week is definitely uh, approach game, uh, strokes gained around the green, uh, a little bit of driving distance and strokes gained off the tee as well. Like, as you mentioned, if one of the guys, one of the bombers gets hot. And then also looking at bogey avoidance for, you know, some of the shorter hitters that are kind of able to plod their way around and have a more clean scorecard. Yeah, I think unlike last year, par is par is a good score at Shinnecock. I with the way the weather's shaping up, assuming that the wind stays down like they're forecasting, I think win, the winner's going to be between you know four and seven under par. Um, so I think you know rounds of seventy two don't really hurt you, assuming you get one one good one in you or or two good ones in you. You can you can be in the hunt if you shoot around par. Yeah, and I think one thing for people to realize is to maybe to check the weather forecast on Wednesday just to see if there's any advantage for the the early late wave or the late early wave for Thursday and Friday because if there is wind forecast at anything above 15 miles an hour, that drastically changes that golf course. Oh yeah, I mean then all of a sudden you you want to look at at players that you know obviously with the waves being different morning would be an advantage in most cases, but sometimes you know it's windy in the morning and calm in the afternoon, but then all of a sudden, you know, you look at those guys that, that play a little bit better in the wind that have had success. Uh, it's it's not a Lynx golf course in the sense of uh, it, you see at the British Open, it's more aerial than that. But, it you know, you need to control your ball flight uh, really well because it can get really windy out there. Let's start with kind of one and done and, and the favorites. And, you know, we mentioned we're looking at top 20 real pedigreed players. Who are you looking at from a one-and-done perspective? So from a one-and-done perspective, I'm thinking a lot of people are going to be taking Dustin Johnson this week if they still have him available after seeing him you know, obliterate the field in Memphis and knowing that his game usually suits U.S. Open styles very well. So that that's going to make me want to not use him this week because I typically don't want to play somebody that may be 20 or 30% owned in the league. Yeah, it's, and this is even more the case for people that are looking to make up ground later in the season. People that are down in the in the bottom, you can't 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 roll with a favorite this week, right? Yeah, there, there's plenty of other options that could win. Uh, I mean, w- one of the guys that I'm probably most heavily you know favor would be Justin Thomas. I think he's a good other option instead of Dustin Johnson. To where Thomas pretty much has the exact same game as DJ. Except you're, you're, he's maybe only be five or ten percent owned this week in your league, so I, I'd much likely probably pick Thomas instead of DJ. 
Yeah, I think you could even go further down. I, I saw, you know, we saw a resurgent Hideki Matsuyama last or two weeks ago at, at Memorial and looked to have his game back. And he's, you know, last year in the U.S. Open, he's T second. He plays well at Augusta, one of the best players approach in, into the green. And he's top 10 in strokes gained around the green this year. Yeah, he's he's actually just you know mentioned one of my favorite plays of the week. So he's actually the only guy in the field that has finished in the top twenty in the last six majors. Uh, and, and if we kind of look at some of his stats over over the long term, I mean, like about over the last fifty rounds in the field, he's nineteenth on approach, twelfth around the green, twenty fourth in driving distance, and twenty in bogey avoidance. So you know, some people you know may shy away from him because his name hasn't been around the tour that much this year because he was injured for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you may you may get him at a very low ownership in your league this week. You know, Matsuyama's been injured, and and last year's champion uh, Kepka's been injured, and he's shown some pretty strong form since he's come back from that injury the last couple of weeks. You you got any uh, any chance of a uh, Curtis Strange like uh, repeat champion this year? Yeah, I mean Brooks just seems to you know tailor his game towards the majors. He's top fifteen in his last five majors that he's played. He's trending in the right direction. In his last three events, you know, he finished 30th last week in Memphis, but before that he was second and 11th. Uh, and, and to me, his game just suits U.S. Open. He's basically Dustin Johnson light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I think he, he fits this golf course really well, and he's a perfect example of a guy that if his driver gets hot, you look out. Well, he also has a very underrated short game as well. He's very good around the greens and a, and a really good putter. Great putter. I mean, he's one of the best putters, and, and everybody always talks about the distance like I just alluded to. You know, lazy, lazy uh, writer here. <laughs> so uh, I, I think another guy that will be very, very highly owned is, is Justin Rose. Um, I think the golf course will fit his game well and I, I aren't many players in the world in better form than him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. He's going to be a very popular option in all formats this week. Mm-hmm. So getting into uh, DraftKings, it's the millionaire maker this week. So you're going to have a lot of people in DraftKings and lots of people picking uh, the big names. You know, obviously, with so many people in there, as you alluded to in the Masters uh, podcast we did, you got to get go a little bit against the grain in order to to win big in this week's in, uh, big contest. So, with that, looking at the top tier players, ten thousand or more, you got you know you got Ricky Fowler's at the bottom at ten thousand two hundred, and then you roll up to. Dustin Johnson at eleven seven. You got Rory, JT, Spieth, Day in between there. Who uh, of this top tier do you really like? Just on a pure ownership perspective, I'm probably going to go with Jordan Spieth there because I think so many people have seen him struggle with the putter this year, and I think you're going to have so many people hop on DJ or Justin Thomas or even Ricky Fowler becoming a popular name or even slightly below that at Justin Rose at 9,900, that it's going to be tough to have more than two of these guys on your team. And I think Spieth gets overlooked. And one thing to mention is that he actually gained strokes putting at Memorial, even though he missed the cut there. So maybe it's a little bit of a turnaround with the putter. He, I mean, he's been absolutely exceptional 
from tee to green this year. And it, I mean, he's been unbelievable with the driver, which has usually been one of his cruxes, you know, the, one of the things that gets him in a little bit of trouble. And uh, it, it, it's been really odd to see him with putting, but it, putting is so fickle in the sense that he can, you could be struggling for weeks and weeks. And then one week later, it just turns around and, and I, the ball striking has much more longevity. So, you know, given that he's hit the ball so well and, and his track record as a putter, he's bound to break out of the, the putting slump. And, he, and he's also a really good fit here in terms of all the shaved surrounds, mm-hmm. able to show off his short game. And also the uneven lies in the fairway are very augusta like like you mentioned, or even like Cap Lure where he's played well as well, uh, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's a, What do you think about Rory? Rory, I'm I'm just afraid that he's going to have one of his four rounds be a blow up round where he shoots 76 or 77 this week. Yeah, it just seems to be what has been the problem with him in in majors recently is just he just can't seem to put four rounds together and and yeah, and we also look at Rory is that most of the events that he's won have actually been when you know a lot of birdies have been made and the scoring has been lower. If the scoring you know gets closer to par in this event, I I definitely don't think Rory's a, an option this week. Yeah, yeah, it's been a resurgent year for uh, J- uh, Jason Day in the Senate. I mean, he's been spectacular around the greens. Is, does he drive it well enough uh, from an accuracy standpoint for you at a at a U.S. Open? Yeah, I think he would drive it well enough. The issue I, I have with Jason Day is actually with his approach game. Uh, his irons tend to be pretty poor. I mean, even even when he won at the Wells Fargo, he was right at field average on approach when he was the players he was field average on approach when he won at the farmers he was below average the field and approach and like i don't think you're gonna be able to get away with that at shinnecock because if you miss it your irons you're gonna be you're gonna have very difficult up and downs even though he may have the best short game uh in this field yeah i i could see that i i mean i think he's he's close to a good fit if he if he has like you said if he if he's good tee to green i mean there's he might not be stoppable but that's always the big question um we get down in here and in you know if for the second major in a row i just feel like nobody's talking about john rom and he's the fourth ranked player in the world um you know got all the skill i mean fifth ranked player in the world he's got all the skills you could possibly want from you know a golf standpoint uh, is it a patience thing or is it just something that he just goes overlooked or- i think i think it's a combination of patience and the fact that i think the weak part of his game is his iron game uh, he's actually lost strokes on approach in five of his last six events and if that's going to be one of the you know defining characteristics we're looking for a champion this week pretty hard to be looking towards John Rom. Mm-hmm. It's uh you know, then we get down and we got Tiger, Phil, obviously they're going to dominate the storylines. Um, you know, Phil's at 8500. He's in this this group kind of when you get Tiger's at 92 and you get down to like, you know, kind of this is this is where you could get, you know, a couple of these players. Do you like that strategy of going after a bunch of guys in the 8000 range and bypassing the bigger guys? Yeah, I, I would definitely go with a lot of the guys from, you know, that 79 to 9,000 range from, you know, Adam Scott up to Brooks Kepka. You have about 15 guys in that range and pretty much anybody in that range, I would not be surprised if they were in contention come Sunday. Yeah, Brand, Brendan, Brendan Grace could be a good one in there. He's been playing really well and especially if the wind kicks up, huh? Yeah, and, and he's also played well on, on some other links like golf courses such as Chambers Bay or 
if you look at the aerial links like Royal Burkdale, uh, to where you know he had the course record last year, uh, and he also has three top sixes in his last eight majors, and, and he hasn't missed a cut since the FedEx Cup playoffs last year on the PGA Tour. Yeah, what about uh, you know, one of the the biggest uh, I saw he's like in the top three of official world golf rankings points earned this year, Bubba Watson. I'm probably going to not be playing Bubba Watson anywhere this week, just because of the, the patience and frustration level of the U S open to where if he, you know, he hits an iron shot 20 feet away from a hole, hits a slope and runs down. And he, you know, he kind of gets in that pouty mood. I don't think that's the, the mood you're going to need as a champion. You need to have the, the unflappable mood. Kind of like how Brooks Koepke had last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, Bubba obviously has a huge advantage with the the distance, and I, I love his creativity, but, I mean, the, the U.S. Open's never been kind of his cup of tea. No, it definitely has. And, and, and he's, very, he's very subpar when it comes to around the greens. I think he's lost, lost strokes around the green, I want to say, in eight of his last 11 events, so... If you're going to be missing greens, I don't know if he has the short game to, to recover from those mistakes. So as we drop down below uh, 8,000, below you know Adam Scott at 79, you got Ustazen, who's, I mean, that's, that's always a good pick for majors, seemingly. You get down and you've got this interesting kind of hodgepodge of uh, veterans and younger players down into the 7,000 range. Uh, what are the names that kind of stick out here? Yeah, so another one of my favorite plays of the week is, is Adam Scott at 7,900. So he actually split with his caddy the past week, and this week he has a local caddy, Lenny Bamello, from Shinnecock Hills. So I think that's going to give him an advantage on the greens this week, which is where he's been, where he's been struggling the last, you know, the last couple months. And he also, he also kind of fits the course very well, 18th in driving distance, 12th in approach, and 15 off the tee uh, if we're looking over the last 50 rounds. Uh, and he's gained a massive 16 shots on approach and 12 shots off the tee in his last four events. So I, I kind of like uh, Australian players in general this week. You, the course is going to play really firm and fast. And someone who I know, you know, having talked to his caddy and him, uh, that loves firm and fast setups is Mark Leishman. Obviously a great approach player, has has finished, I think, top five in every major championship. Um, you like Leishman? Yeah, Le- Leishman will definitely be uh, among my players I-, I consider this week. He's a very, very good win player. And if you look at, you know, his best result recently was at Trinity Forest, which was, you know, a, a, a link style golf course. That not say it's be the same as this, but it's going to play firm and fast. Yeah, I, I know that he just he they they love firm and fast setups and i kind of like and we saw at last time the the u.s open was played at shinnecock south africans did well with goose and winning ells was in the hunt um i think you know in terms of internet it 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 might skew a little internationally do you feel that way a little bit yeah i'm feeling the exact same thing and I'm, i'm also looking for some guys that you know another example would be a guy like shane lowry another international player who can just kind of grind it out there if the scores if it gets windy and the score is going to be a little bit closer to par yeah he had a, he was i mean he was in the thick of it at oakmont until the end and and you know that was you know obviously dj finished what did he finish five under for that one and yeah, uh but it was, right. yeah it, i mean tough golf course and he t- tends to play really well at 
difficult golf courses. Um, so then we, we get in here. I like Cantley, despite him being just an absolute horrible golfer to watch from the slow play perspective. <laughs> um, you get down in here and, uh, what it, I mean, Cam Smith's been kind of in bad form, but he's another guy that kind of pops out to me with his performance at Chambers Bay T third and T fifth this year at the Masters. Yeah, if I if I didn't see his form over the last month, I'd be in on Cam Smith. But he's lost 14 shots on approach in his last four events, so it's making me think that he's really struggling with his iron game, which is is going to be causing some big numbers this week at Shinnecock. I would expect. Yeah, that's not good. Um, we get down in here. Um, Bennett on was obviously came out a playoff loss last uh, two weeks ago at, at the Memorial. Is he a guy? Yeah, I think he's you know at the tops of uh, Europe or European tour and strokes gained approach. He's near the top there. Um, always been known as a great iron player. Yeah, he's definitely a good fit this week. He, he's gained strokes off the tee in twelve straight events, uh, and he's over you know in the last five events he's gained over ten shots around the green, and in his last seven events he's gained strokes on approach in six of those. So he's really you know hitting all the check marks for what we would expect to be a a player to potentially contend and at a very cheap salary for DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's in the value bucket, and we're kind of down in there. Um, I know Andrew Beef Johnson, obviously, you know, he's he gets a lot of uh, kind of acclaim just for his name. Do you, I mean, he's always been a great tee to green guy. Do you like him this week? Yeah, he's a guy that plays very well on difficult golf courses. So we saw him pop up on the U.S. Open a few years back, and then he's oh, some of the events that he's played well in Europe, such as at Valderrama. Yeah, over have also been, you know, been on tracks to where a real premium has been placed on ball striking, and where you know par is an okay score. I think he's a, he's at the top of all the ball striking stats on the European Tour too. I, a guy that I like as as well. Um, we get down in here. Uh, do you like any kind of AMs or, or younger guys that sectional qualified in? Yeah, there, there, there's a few down here that are like. One is the Sun JM, who played well on the Asian Tour in the fall and then has played really well on the Web.com Tour this year with one win in two seconds. So he, he's a potential option down there if you're looking for, for a big flyer. Yeah, he's uh, leading mo- the money list by like a huge, huge margin. Um, you got the the timeless uh, Steve Stricker, which uh, you know he he played well again last week. I mean, this guy just has such steady game. And what he's what is it? He hasn't missed a cut at a major in how many events? It's been twenty seven straight majors that he has made the cut. That's out of this world. <laughs> yeah, I think the record may be thirty nine. So he's still a little bit away from that. But you know, if you're looking for somebody in your roster just to make the cut, put it, plug him in at 6,900 is not a bad option. You know, I saw McDowell made some comments about he felt like this was the first U.S. Open he had a chance because of the golf course in a while. Hey, you read anything into that? Do you like him at, at 68? Former I think, I, I think he's another viable option because it kind of reminds him pr- pretty much a little bit of Pebble Beach to where he's not going to have to take it super low. It's going to be firm and fast, and it's going to put a big emphasis on short game, and that's his strong suit. Mm-hmm. I kind of like uh, Mullinax as as a flyer play, um, maybe like a top ten. He he's coming off a T six. He had his uh, 
he had his second place finish at uh, Valero, and we saw last year at Aaron Hills. I mean, he he can contend in a U.S. Open. He's obviously a prodigious off the tee, but he's just got kind of that game that you look at and you always say, "Man, this guy can really play golf." Yeah, if he can keep it in play off the tee, I think he could have a tremendous advantage this week. And then that's what happened last year at Aaron Hills, right? Yeah, it's a little bit more narrow than Aaron Hills. So, and the greens are a little bit tougher. But given his form, and I know he switched teachers this year. You know, he's the consistency. He's he's definitely improved significantly from the year before. So, could be a good pick. So, getting down. We kind of are at the very bottom. Is there anybody really cheap that you like outside no, of Am? They're really, I'm not going to be playing any of the AMs or, or any of the, you know, uh, additional professionals that qualified down at the bottom. I'm, I'm mostly going to let other people choose those and just, because not many of those guys end up making the cut or have the chance to finish in the top 20, which is what you need if you want to, you know, win the million dollars on DraftKings. So in, in terms of strategy, is there anything you're doing? Say you're doing a couple different lineups. How are you? How do you put together, you know, let's say you want to do three or four lineups for this thing? Yeah, so if I want to do three or four lineups, I'm going to try to make sure that my whole entire lineup isn't full of chalky players, meaning players who I think are going to be highly owned. So if I wanted to play somebody such as DJ or, or Justin Thomas, I'm going to want to make sure I choose somebody who maybe – a little bit less owned in, in conjunction with them. So that may be picking somebody like a Shane Lowry at the bottom or a Graham McDowell, somebody who may only be a few percent known just to distinguish my lineups. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's something that uh, people often forget is that you got to have some people that other people aren't thinking about in there. Um, in terms of uh, salary, are, are you... you, you t- in the Masters pod, you mentioned you try and stay away from you know spending your full dollar, right? You can do that as the potential option for the U.S. Open as well. It was more of a strategy used for the Masters, considering the field is a lot smaller. Okay, with only with only ninety such guys, where where here you have one hundred and fifty six, you have a little bit larger field. Uh, to where I don't think you necessarily have to do it, but it's definitely an option. Uh, I would just try to make sure that you have one or two guys that you would pick on your team. Who you think may be five percent owned or less, and if you do that, you have a pretty good chance of your lineup being unique. All right, um, moving towards uh, the long shots, you you making any plays for whether it be long shots to win or or uh, long shots for top tens? Uh, one good long shot I think is Luke List. He's a uh, hundred and fifty to one to win, and he's a really good course fit. So if you look over his last fifty rounds, he's Third strokes gained off the tee, fourth in strokes gained around the green, third in driving distance, 28th in approach, and 16th in bogey avoidance. Uh, he's gained strokes around the green in 10 of his last 13 starts, off the tee in 17 of his last 18, and gained strokes on approach in 8 of his last 10. So that's, you know, that's a lot of boxes you checked right there. Yeah, it's pretty good golf if you're, if you're into those kind of stats. And and he's due for a win. I'm not saying he's going to win this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's up there because he plays difficult courses very well, kind of like how he played the Honda earlier this year. Yeah, he's a guy that's just really improved his game over the last like four years. It's been fun to watch. I, like the you, he went from a guy that you wondered, you know, did he have everything he needed to be to one of the more consistent players on tour. 
and it, you know from from being volatile to consistent it, it's pretty cool thing to watch and he's gonna win one of these days i you know it, it's uh and he's got a ton of talent and uh i mean the the recent recent results have been uh spectacular yeah i would agree with that all right so you got any uh anything else for uh for the people no, I would just one thing before you set your lineups going into Thursday is just check the weather forecast Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon or evening just to make sure that one of the waves doesn't seem to have a, a, a big advantage or disadvantage uh, in terms of the wind. So uh, what's your what's your winning score prediction and, and winner? Uh, I would go with four under par and Hideki Matsuyama. Wow. You are answering the question, can Hideki win? I am answering that question. Yes, I am. All right, I uh, I like it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look for your article in the next day or so, and uh, make sure everybody follow uh, Polly on Twitter. It's Friday Paul at Friday Polly, and uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Andy. All right, talk soon. You've been listening to the Fried Egg Podcast. We do the digging for you. 